All right, friends. We are going to, can you hear me? It's on? Okay. We're going to do things a little different for the next couple of weeks, okay? We are going to be starting a sermon series today on the 23rd Psalm. And so instead of having somebody come up each week like we normally do and read one or two verses, what we're going to do for the next several weeks is that we're going to join together and we're going to read the 23rd Psalm. And so this is the Word of God. And it's so important in our lives. Can we stand? Let's stand together as we honor and read the word of our Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please be seated. May God add his blessing to this reading of his holy word. If you would please pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we come before you today, Lord, to learn about you, to draw close to you, to pour out our love for you. I pray, Lord, that you would fill this place with your Holy Spirit, that you would, in fact, be with us. Be our shepherd, Lord. Teach us, guide us, lead us, direct us. I pray that as we look at this piece of scripture that is so familiar that you would allow us to see it with new eyes and that you would help us to receive it with softened and open hearts. We give you ourselves this day, Lord. Mold us, teach us, draw us close. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so many of you know that uh, I was a nurse for a number of years over at Crozier Hospital. I worked in the postpartum unit um, for, oh, like 22 years. Um, and I once had a patient who was with us long term. She was from Jamaica. Her name was Delise, and she was here in the States visiting her sister, who I believe looked, lived in Brookhaven, um, for a little while. She was here on a temporary break, but while Delise was here, she was about 24 weeks pregnant at the time that she traveled, her water broke, her membranes ruptured, and that meant that she was hospitalized until the end of her pregnancy. And so she stayed with us for the last eight weeks of her pregnancy rather than going back home to Jamaica. And I had the privilege of taking care of this really sweet lady. I loved her accent. How many of you love the accent that people speak with in Jamaica? Me too, friend. Oh, I love it. I would greet her in the morning and I would say, Oh, good morning, Delise. How are you today? And she would say, Ireman. 
Iriman, because Iri is apparently what they say in Jamaica as like, it's all good. It's all good. Everything is fine. And, and, um, and that's how she would talk to me. And so each and every day I would have to go in there and monitor her. I'd put her on the monitor and just make sure her baby's heart rate was okay. She wasn't having contractions and, you know, going into preterm labor. And so I had to spend quite some time in there with her. And we would talk about all sorts of things. We talked about God. We talked about church. One day she showed me a picture of her house. It was the tiniest little modest house you ever saw in Jamaica. It looked like a little shack. But here's what was cool. It was carved into the side of a mountain. Okay, and she would like look out her front door and there was the Caribbean Sea. And I would comment on how breathtaking that water was. How many of you love the color of the Caribbean Sea? How many of you love the color of the Atlantic Ocean down there in the orange? <laughs> Me neither. Oh my gosh, knowing the color of our ocean, that sea just blows my hair back. It is just something that's so beautiful. And I would say to her, oh, that sea is so beautiful. Do you marvel at it like every day when, she, when you wake up? And she said something that kind of struck me, uh, and, and I never really got over it. She said, meh, I don't even notice it anymore. It just sits there every day. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like what a tragedy is that because right before you, Delise, every day is something so beautiful and so wonderful and so miraculous, and it could give you so much joy like it does to me. But because it's there in front of you all the time, it has become to you commonplace, and you fail to see the awe and the wonder of that beautiful water. And that kind of thing, friends, it happens with you and me as well. I have news for you. Very, very often there is something that's like right in front of us. And since we see it all the time or since we hear it all the time, we just start to not notice the beauty and the wonder of what it is. And one of those things I think that happens for us with is the Psalm 23 that we just read together because we hear it all the time. Psalm 23 is the single most recited piece of scripture of all. And yet, maybe it's become so familiar to us that we fail to stop and listen to it and look at it with awe and wonder. And in failing to do so, we miss the absolute beauty of what these words can mean for our lives. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to take something that has been very familiar to us and we're going to wonder at it and we're going to explore it and we're going to take comfort and we're going to find rest and we're going to notice the beauty that there is in our lives all because the Lord is our shepherd. Okay, that's what's that's a roadmap for what's ahead of us for the next five or six weeks. So first I want to share with you a word about David. Okay, David was the one that we credit for writing this psalm. David was an unlikely king, okay? But before he was a king, who can tell me what David did? Shout it out. He was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. And so David knew exactly what it meant to be a shepherd. And because David was a shepherd, he knew a thing or two about sheep. 
okay? And he knew it very, very well. He knew it intimately because it was his life before he became King David. So here's what David knew. He knew that sheep are not very smart. How many of you knew that? Sheep have no natural defenses. They have poor balance and they have no instinct. And so they get into a lot of trouble and a lot of danger and therefore they need to be cared for. Sheep cannot see very well. And so they needed to be led very carefully to the place where the food was. Now, sheep also needed to be led to the still water so that they could get their drink. Anyone know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because sheep in that day were raised for one of two reasons. One, to be sacrifices. The other, for wool. Because that's where they got a lot of their clothing from. Things that they made material from were the sheep. So... Um, so they were woolly. They were very woolly. And when a lamb would bend over to drink out of the water, they weren't very smart. And they would let their wool would dip in there and it would soak up and soak up and it would get heavy. And the lamb would topple into the water and be swept away with the current. Did you know that? The things you learn when you read about shepherds in the Middle East. Anyway, so, so that they needed to be led to still water. And... Um, and they didn't know better. Sheep didn't know because they're not smart. So they would wander off from the flock. And do you know that a lamb would literally walk off of a cliff and fall to its death because they weren't smart enough to know that they would fall at the other side of the cliff? They didn't know to stop walking. And, um, and when a predator came for the sheep, they didn't have any defenses. They didn't know how to fight off the predator. There's no claws. There's no, like, these slat little teeth that mush grass. There was nothing that they could do to protect themselves. So here's the deal. The sheep need, they need, they need the shepherd for their very survival. It's just that simple. No shepherd, no sheep, because they're not going to live. They won't survive it. And so what did David do back in that day when he was a shepherd? He led his sheep to what they needed right? He would gather them all together so they would flourish among the great flock. He would sing to them at night, many of these psalms that we have in our scriptures, so that they would hear his voice and know that he was with them and so that they wouldn't be frightened. David would fight off predators who would come and try and eat his sheep. He would lead, feed, and meet the needs of his sheep. That's what David did. And David loved his sheep. And I'm sure of this. Do you know why? Because the lifespan of a sheep that is raised for wool, it's about 12 years. 12 years he would have had those sheep under his care. Now, how many of you, by show of hands, have had, ever, ever had a pet for 12 years under your care? How much did you love that pet? Right? How much did you love him? And you would have done... I'm certain whatever had to be do, done to keep that pet safe, right? And David knew that feeling too. And so David did whatever it was that was needed in order to help his sheep survive. David would have laid down his life, I believe, for those sheep. It's just that simple. And so I've been living personally with this psalm, knowing that this sermon series was coming up and um, and I've been living specifically with verse 1 because I knew that that's what I was going to be charged to speak on today. And I've been contemplating these eight words and what they might mean for you and me today. And I believe that God has given me maybe a new way to see these eight words. And my prayer is that God's going to do that for you today too. So here we go. Enough of the background about sheep and the Psalms. We're going to talk a little bit about um, about these eight words. 
So I'm taking the first two, the Lord, the Lord. Anytime you see the word Lord capitalized in the scriptures, like it is up here, and you'll see it all throughout the scriptures, it's a translation of the special name that God gave Israel to call him. All right, you may remember in Exodus 3, there was another shepherd, his name was Moses. He had a little chit-chat with a burning bush, right? And the burning bush was God speaking to him through the burning bush. And Moses said to God, listen, who am I supposed to tell these people from Egypt has sent me to lead the people out of Egypt? And God said, who remembers? Anyone? I am that I am. That translates to Yahweh, Yahweh. That's God's name, the special name that he gave Israel to refer to him by is Yahweh, okay? So the name Yahweh was so sacred. It was so cherished by the people of Israel that it was neither spoken nor written in the scriptures. And so the scribes, when they wrote it, would substitute Adonai or Lord, Lord, okay? Um, and so in this psalm, David is referring to Adonai, to the Lord, to Yahweh. David is referring to the God of all creation, the most high God. In this psalm, David is speaking about the one who delivered Israel from harm and slavery. He's talking about the God who provided manna for them in the wilderness. David is naming the God who protected his people from their attackers and their oppressors and who went before them in a pillar of fire and smoke. David in this psalm is referring to the God who led and accompanied his people right to safety. That's who David is telling you and me is his shepherd. Okay? That's who he's speaking about. But watch this. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what David said. And I believe that that word, my, is the most important word in this entire scripture. I think it's the most important word in all of scripture, to be perfectly honest with you. Because when David says the Lord is my shepherd, he's not saying Israel is the Lord, uh, Lord is Israel's shepherd, though he is, okay? David isn't saying the Lord is the shepherd of all of the people, even though he is the shepherd of all of the people. David is saying the Lord is my, my shepherd. It's personal, okay? The Lord is David's shepherd. The Lord is with David. The Lord protects David. The Lord provides for David. The Lord loves David specifically. It's personal. And I wonder, friends, is it that way for you? Is it personal for you? Is the Lord your shepherd? Because that's all God ever wanted to be. God wants to provide for you. God wants to protect you. God wants to love you. God wants to watch over you and to comfort you and to deliver you from the predator who seeks to harm and oppress you every day. God wants to be personal 
for you. He longs to be your shepherd. And yes, God is the shepherd of all of the people, but God longs to be your shepherd. And I wonder, have you let him be that for you? Is it for you personally? David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, if the Lord is David's shepherd in this metaphor, that must mean that David is saying he's what? A sheep, right? And what are sheep? They're dependent. Sheep are helpless, and sheep need the shepherd. Their very life depends upon the provision and the protection of the shepherd. And the sheep know from the care that the shepherd provides to them that the shepherd loves them. David is admitting that he needs the Lord. David depends upon the Lord. He can't make it on his own. And he knows that the Lord loves him and protects him and leads him. And so I ask you, what in this life could be better than that? Than the understanding that the very God of the universe loves and provides for and protects you. I think it's an important step, friends, that you and I take a moment and admit our dependence. And so often we just, you know, we go about our life and we neglect to do it or we forget to do it. And sometimes we just won't do it. Won't admit it, that we're dependent upon God. But I got news for you. We can't make it on our own. We cannot make it on our own. The strongest person in this church today, you cannot make it on your own. You can't make it through this life. And so we have to confess to ourselves that we need a shepherd. And when we do confess, that's when we can accept the shepherd's care over us. Because until we humble ourselves and until we admit that we need the Lord, then we really aren't looking for or listening to the Lord now, are we? And we are not letting him do that thing which he longs to do, which is to be your shepherd. I wonder how many of you try and do stuff on your own? I try and do stuff on my own all the time. I try to solve my own problems, okay? I try to fix my own wrongs. I try to protect myself and my people from the harms of this world all on my own. I try to clean up my own mess when I mess up. And when you and I depend on ourselves like that, when we wander off on our own and act independent of the shepherd, then we're depending on us and we're not depending on the shepherd. And let me guarantee you, that's when things go wrong for us. But friends, the Lord just wants you to be a sheep. You don't need to be in charge. Just be a sheep and let him be the shepherd who cares for you. Be sheep, let him be the shepherd. What could be better in life than to know that though I can't make it on my own and I can't do it all on my own, the God of the universe provides and protects and watches over me. I can't think of anything I'd rather know in this life. David goes on, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Because the Lord is David's shepherd, he lacks nothing. What that means is that David is telling you and me that everything that David has 
Everything that David is, is the result of the shepherd's loving care, of God's loving care over his life. And I can say that too. I hope and I pray that you can as well. Everything I am, everything I have, everything I am able to do in this world is a direct result of God's loving care over and provision for me. Yes, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, I want us to understand that I lack nothing should not be confused with wanting for nothing, okay? Some translations say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? I shall not want. And not that that's a bad translation, I just think it's a misleading translation. Because the words, I shall not want, imply to me that I will get everything I want. There's nothing I will want for, right? And when I think that, that encourages me to think that God is like some genie in a bottle, and I can rub it and make a wish, and poof, I'm going to get what I want because God is my shepherd, right? And that's not how it is. When we think of God like that, we are in danger of two things. First, we become spoiled and entitled. And the second is that we lose perspective on our needs versus our wants. Because needs and wants are two different things. I want you to understand, it's not that we want for nothing when we have the Lord as our shepherd. It's that we need for nothing. We lack nothing. The Hebrew phrase that David uses in this passage is a lo chaser, lo chaser, which translates to not lack or not have a need. And so it sounds like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I do not have a need. And fully understanding that phrase, folks, it's an invitation to you and me to separate our wants from our needs and to understand that what we receive from the Lord isn't that which we think we're entitled to, but it's that which we must have in order to survive the dangers of this world. That's what we have when we have the Lord as our shepherd. I can guarantee you there was no shepherd out there in David's day that was outfitting his sheep with Nike sneakers. There were no Air Jordans back there, okay? There was no shepherd that was round his sheep up and taking him to Walt Disney World. There was no shepherd that was out there bedazzling his sheep with diamonds and jewelry and pretty earrings. No. They were feeding the sheep. They were watering the sheep. They were protecting and comforting and guiding and directing those sheep. Why? Because that's what the sheep need in order to flourish. And somehow, though they're stupid, sheep don't confuse their wants and their needs like we do, okay? Because they have all that they need. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Not all that I want, but all that I need. And what do I need? Well, we need what sheep need. And let's admit that since remember this morning we're admitting that we're sheep. Okay? Sheep need the shepherd. Sheep need the shepherd who feeds, who leads, who meets their needs. Okay? And you know what else sheep need? They need the flock. Remember that the sheep, they need the provision and protection of their shepherd, but they also need each other. There is safety in numbers, friends. There's comfort within the flock. There's warmth within the flock. If there are a hundred sheep, those hundred sheep are safer than if there's one standing by himself. Okay? The members of the flock 
help one another to follow the shepherd. And let me tell you a story about Cindy Babiak. I am a sheep. I'm a sheep. I need the Lord who is my shepherd. And you know what else I need? I need the flock. You help me stay on the right path. And you have comforted me over and over and over again. And you help me to remember to listen to the shepherd. And when I stray off the right path, you call me back and hold me accountable and get me right to where I belong. And you make me feel safe. And you make me feel loved like one of the family, like one of the flock. There's a lot of things I want in this life, friends. But all I need is my shepherd to provide and protect and to lead, feed, and meet my needs. And I need you, my church family, to help me follow that shepherd. Friends, when you and I have humbled ourselves, when we have admitted our dependence, and when we admit that we are like sheep, we have the shepherd, and we also have the flock. You know what that means? It means we lack nothing. Heavenly Father, thank you that we lack nothing. Thank you that you love us, that you guide us and direct us and lead us and feed us. Thank you that you are with us so we know we never should be afraid. I pray, Lord, that as we move from this place, you would help us move like sheep are watching the shepherd help us to humble ourselves help us to admit that we need you and then help us to accept your care and your love and your provision thank you lord for this flock that you have placed together i pray that you would let nothing separate us we pray these things in jesus name amen